Loughton is a changed man these days, and notwithstanding his tender years, a pretty tired one at times too, his own life has been entirely transformed with the coronavirus lockdown. He was until recently working in Spain and Portugal with Dare to Lead, the global leadership company he founded nine years ago. Now he's running the logistics of a catering company, which is about to deliver its 30,000th free meal in just a few weeks. We spoke to John recently about how all this works. Good afternoon, John Loughton. Hello. Hello there. John, I've read it, been reading about you and apparently... Um, there is really very little that you have not done, it seems to me. You're a high-profile, award-winning global youth leader, social entrepreneur, campaigner, leadership speaker, and you're only 32. So I look you know. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So, John, what has COVID-19 brought to you? What does it mean that your days now look like? COVID-19 has probably transformed, uh, like lots of people, my entire focus of my days and, and, and life in a way. Um, I guess we started to hear about it seven or eight or nine weeks ago. Um, I'd got back from doing work over actually in Spain and, and, and Lisbon and, and other places with my day job, which is Dare to Lead, run a, a leadership training company. Um, and I guess as we've seen the lockdown approach, we had every bit of work we had booked cancelled. So I was scheduled in for doing a TED talk at St Andrews University. We had a lot of NHS training. We had lots of big bits of event-based work for, for me and my team in Dare to Lead. And I essentially had to close down the business because I, every pound that I had scheduled to make for the rest of the year, I just shriveled to, to a halt, really. Um, so we had to make the tough decision to pause the business for the first time in nine years. Um, and then very quickly, uh, I started to come down two days later with um, with COVID-19 symptoms myself. Oh, no. So I sat down with Scran Academy, which is now the vehicle in which we're driving out uh, meals in Edinburgh to, to kind of support. Uh, was my, not a side project, but it was, a, it was kind of something I'd set up out of my passion to give back to the kind of community I come from and help people like myself. But we had, in essence, three part-time youth workers. Uh, we had no real full-time office or anything for ourselves. We kind of worked with local partner organisations and had sat the team down and said, there's a lot of people out there who have a really hard time day in and day out already. You know, COVID-19 is just going to exacerbate and create further problems for those people who already struggle. Um, are we on board to try and help people? Because food is very important. Community relationships is very important. And we, we love what we're doing. We love who we help. And we chose to try and respond. And that first Friday, uh, when the schools closed, the Prime Minister announced lockdown, we'd served, I think, 269 portions of food that first day. And we're a bit like Dad's Army. We had kind of, I don't know, col you know, colanders for helmets and, you know, baby spoons and many of the big spoons and hobjobbing people in here, there and everywhere and a patchwork of people. And we thought we were Gordon Ramsay that day doing 269 portions of food. And we were ready to kind of do that again on the Monday. But that's when I had to go into self-isolation with severe um, cough and fever and all the rest of it. Uh, and we thought we might have compromised what we were doing. But the need grew and 
we decided just to dig deep, work every hour of every hour of the day we could. And um, as I speak to you now, we've now got over 100 volunteers, six different kitchens active, and we've served about 20,000 portions of, of food to people. That's an amazing story, John. And tell me then, how are you? Um, tell me a little bit more about Scran Academy, because there are going to be people out there who, like me, have heard this name at every turn. Everywhere I look, I'm seeing Scran Academy, but I don't really have a complete handle on what it is. So what is that, first of all? Two months ago, we were a very small North Edinburgh-based social enterprise that existed to help young people from some of our most challenging communities who we know have different life barriers to succeeding at school, who are struggling through different reasons, maybe family issues, background issues. For whatever reason, they're not succeeding in mainstream education. So we helped set up what was essentially an alternative education provider, an alternative school provider, where the schools and us work in partnership, we take the young people in to a community setting, to a youth work setting, and we get them to run their own catering enterprise. So kids from back, bad backgrounds, like, like myself, to be honest with you, we're often measured by everything we don't have. We're often told everything we can't do. We're often having our, our deficits in life or our challenges rubbed in our faces. And Scran Academy is about helping young people especially measure themselves on what they can do, not what they don't have. And we've run a, a wee social enterprise for a couple of years. Um, so we're already in catering in community. What we just chose to do is to put the raw heart of our community and the enterprise skills of our catering into helping people during COVID-19. Um, people have been told to stay at home. We were looking at, you know, stockpiling. We were looking at carnage in supermarkets. And we knew the most vulnerable, often silent people were going to need help. And so we just, I just pulled in contacts. I was phoning everybody I'd ever met and knew using my social media platforms to just push out the call to help so that we could respond to the need. Um, and people were desperate out there. We now have families who we know are struggling to give a safe, free, hot meal to their kids. And they're not at school and free school meals creates a big gap. We know there's pensioners who are alone and poor who now cannot leave their houses. We know there's disabled people who can't get out the fragile and the frail. Um, people who don't have a regular house or a home who are maybe in homeless temporary accommodation or have been put into hotels, they don't have a kitchen. What good is a, you know, a, a food package of, of shopping items to them when they can't cook? And, and that's the people that we exist to be there for. So, and so you're just, actually ooh. making meals. You're, and, and I know that you're making meals at the Out of the Blue Drill Hall. I think you're also using the kitchen at Fetty's College. And I think you're also at Fetlore. Uh, where else are you? So Fetlore's been a long-standing great partner of ours. They've helped get, get us going. Fetlore, for those that don't know, is an independent um, community hub, a youth club. Um, in the north of the city and we've been great partners for a long time they've all you know started to take all their youth work digital so we've essentially occupied the building and, and it's been great and that's where we run for the first bunch of weeks we then have a partnership with prep table um, and there's the nhs building the conway bank center at the bottom of, of the, our street down by stockbridge and um, so we run the social enterprise cafe there with, with through prep table so we we have that that's that's our bread and butter heart we then started to scale, so we then entered partnership with Out of the Boy Drill Hall. So we have them, um, we use them as a, as a prep kitchen. So they've come on board to, to enable us to place our chefs there. Um, we have Fetty's College, um, which are providing uh, one and a half thousand meals per week to support 
our overall seven, 8,000 meals we need. Um, and and the Edinburgh Academy is our other actually our, our main partner now in terms of distribution, because what they do is producing uh, around 3,000 portions of food. They've given us the keys essentially to their catering suites. We portion, we label, we, we have driver pickups out of there as well. So we now have two distribution hubs with a number of kitchens feeding into that. One at Fetlore, where we cater the kind of north and the west of the city. And one at Edinburgh Academy, where we sort of cater the south and the east and the remainder of the city, which is entirely populated now by, by volunteers. That's fab. And of course, in Edinburgh Academy, they have a huge car park in front of the building there. So it must be an easy place to do the distribution from. I suppose that makes makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, tell me, who, who are your... I have so many questions for you. Who are your chefs, first of all? Your chefs are all young people or are there some, shall we call them proper trained chefs um, running it too, helping out? So this is really important. We have completely essentially built a new organisation in seven weeks of um, everything from um, our supply chain to our wholesalers to our risk assessments to our COVID-19 driver delivery instructions to the personnel we employ and, and work with. Um, for the first month or, or the first few weeks, we should put a stop to young people coming through through our doors. It became uh, my catering manager, who then was part-time, Will Bain, um, uh, our youth development officer, Charlie Johnson, uh, our youth worker, Jane Early, um, uh, and myself was the core team. Um, since then, we've, we've embedded the, the our, our staff team from Prep Table, so, so a number of them now come and work directly and centrally with essentially merged operations with, with Fiona and, and Ella at um, Prep Table. So they're our core backroom function. YMCA Scotland provide support with volunteer management. So they've essentially seconded um, uh, Joanne over, over to us to work. Um, every single person in our kitchens headed by Will Bain, my catering manager, is a trained, qualified, long-term, experienced chef. Not a single young person is in our kitchens. We have people from oh, easily more than a dozen restaurants around the city, from catering contractors like Saltire Hospitality, who are coming on board next week, to provide thousands more meals to support us. Um, we provide the food, we give them the infrastructure, the menus, the, the apparatus, they come under our model, but they're helping literally feed in to the COVID response to make sure the most vulnerable in the city get support. And to have two independent schools, a number of community hubs, delivery apparatus like the Pilton Equalities Project, which usually deliver you know, elderly people to lunch clubs and, and, and community support. They're, they're part of our fleet of delivery vehicles with um, over 100 different volunteers. A lot of them are, you know, Joe Bogg and, and Joe Public, who are stepping up to the plate, pardon the pun, to, to help us out, to make sure we get food out every single day to well over 1,000 people now delivered direct to door. So we're buying, cooking, prepping the food, putting it out in our, our driving fleet to our distribution hubs, direct to customers and people's doors. And we're doing it all to, to individuals completely free of charge. So my next question has to then be, how are you funding it in the first place? Where do you get the food from? How do you actually buy the ingredients even before you start making all the wonderful meals on your menu? And I have to ask you about the menu too. So how do you fund it? Um, ongoing. So I believe genuinely sometimes when you're an entrepreneur, when you're a campaigner, when your heart believes that something needs done, you have to jump off the cliff. And then I started Googling how to fly. <laughs> <laughs> so we took the jump because we can and we needed to and people just desperately needed others. And that's what 
the beauty of being a grassroots local organisation is when you bring local authentic connections and you merge that with a willingness to help and an ability to entrepreneurially scale, that's becoming a very powerful recipe. Yeah, so at the moment, the way we're sourcing our food um, is through a number of different routes. At the very beginning, we were relying on donations and all these big shops were shutting and Greg saw a thousand litres of milk and Starbucks had this and Tiki Max were offering that and Morrison's were doing this and we um, and that was amazing and as best we could we you know we had bits of warehouse space and empty gym halls and we were trying to take in as much as we can um, but we decided very early on it's really important we understand what our offer is and we stay in our lane and we decided we knew how to cook we knew how to have a, a safe proper hot meals operation so you know we needed things in bulk. We needed large ingredients to make food. So, you know, ad hoc drop-offs were very generously received, but very quickly not that useful to us because we weren't doing shopping lists or food hampers. We were doing, we we're caterers. We know how to make healthy, large-scale food. Um, so now we have some great donations from the community champions through Morrison's. Waitrose at Stockbridge have been tremendous. Um, and lots of small suppliers from farmyards and, and farm owners in Perthshire to um, to gamekeepers sending us uh, pheasant in, in the borders. P people have mobilised just to really help support us. But we're buying our food wholesale. Um, we're relying on donations. Some government and, and, and third-party funders um, are bringing our funding in. At, we've got, a, you know, we're out there trying to um, demonstrate our impact as much as we can. So, you know, a whole range of funders have chipped in from Foundation Scotland and the big lottery fund to now the City of Edinburgh Council, Edinburgh Airport, um, a whole range of, of different funders who are, who are chipping in to help us fill the gap. But we went five weeks without a single penny from, from council or government. So we relied on the generosity of individuals um, through our Just Giving page. Um, in a way, it's not hard because a lot of people in the communities that need us already know about Scran Academy. Um, our initial offer was to make sure the young people we were founded to support did not have food access as a barrier. They were able to observe the, the lockdown measures, the social distancing rules. They were able to ensure that their parents, grandparents, carers, we're all looked after, so we went to support their families and the people we know that need us. So that started off small. And as we started to grow through our partner organisations, through you know the, the consortium of, of charity friends and, and supporters we have around the city, that, that, that message started to grow, that we could offer that end-to-end -end service. And very quickly we entered a, a partnership with the Pilton Equalities Project, who had a whole suite of pensioners who relied on lunchtime clubs, day centres that they came to, and that's where they got their only hot meal quite often. Um, so we had an immediate, you know, at-risk set of demographs, young people and, and struggling families, uh, you know, school partners of ours who knew that kids weren't getting free school meals, and a lot of frail, unwell um, or elderly people who were having their services removed because of lockdown. That was our initial patchwork of people that we started to look after. Um, and we had no intention of growing this big, but the demand started to find us. People would start to hear about us on social media. We'd, you know, social work were referring to us. But big charities like Cyrenians and Social Bite referring people to us and building partnerships and, and just trying to work together properly as a big community. And, and, and that escalated. And, you know, the early people who funded us on our Just Giving page or Rivo and Trust as well, who were very generous, they were the people that enabled us to continue to just build the platform and, I have a view and 
there's a lot of people when things go hard want to rush out and be heroes. Uh, I don't have any need to be a hero. Um, what I have a need to do is make sure that we treat people with dignity, with love, with kindness, with respect. And part of that is about investing in organisations like Scran, like Out of the Blue, you know, like Fet Law, like Prep Table, who are there year round for people. They're not just turning up on a database all of a sudden because they've got free time and, or they're furloughed or they want to feel good. Um, we want to invest really in the infrastructure smart, of these communities, the backbone and body of the communities um, that, that are there really for these people. We are in a very unsafe climate. And that's Lockdown is built. serious we're not just and we can't just be running around like motivated idiots, like well. So how is this impacting you yourself? It's, are you taking a day off here and there? That we're in and out the car. That is dangerous. And we have to take a really almost conical approach to how I monitor physical distancing, hand washing, uh, you know, volunteer training. That's just been really important. And part of that is about well-being of my staff, my volunteers uh, and, and myself. And I just have a view. I won't ask anyone to do anything I'm not willing to do myself. You know, even today, this morning, I was in at the front line inside the Western General Hospital giving an address to the entire senior team of the clinical nursing staff of that hospital with the clinical or the director of that hospital, hearing about how they're talking about the number of beds they've got, talking about, um, you know, the red and green wards, learning about um, those numbers. And then they're asking us to give a, a presentation as we launch a partnership direct with the NHS around being around that table and the, the many front lines of COVID-19, if you like, um, and then in the afternoon, we had Ben McPherson, one of the government ministers, in visiting us in one of our distribution sites. You know, we're talking about trying to look at how we sustain, looking at funding. You know, we've got 30-odd distribution lists of drivers to get out each day, portioning. Um, but I've got an amazing team behind me, and I believe delegation is key. And um, I'm young, I'm, I'm young, I'm fit, I'm, I'm, I'm capable, but um, I'm, we're doing this as a team, um, and, and I'm no hero. I'm just conducting the orchestra but the people playing the instruments are, the, are, are who's making this all happen and it's really important to recognize the whole range of partner organizations who are truly chipping in we've got breweries donating hand gel we've had salons giving us gloves you know a whole range of different people who have come together as an as an edinburgh the spirit of edinburgh is what's coming alive and we're not just delivering people food i genuinely believe we're delivering portions of love portions of community portions of happiness and kindness to people and everybody deserves a hot meal every day right everybody deserves a smiley safe face just saying good morning or good afternoon how are you just remember we're okay. here we are desperately willing to receive donations we've got the just giving page that hopefully we can share out there somehow and quite literally every penny that comes in is going out the door we know we're about 12 13 pounds that enables us to feed a, a needs person or a vulnerable person for an entire week with a healthy, hot, free meal. Um, it's enabling us to start to systems plan to, to look long term. It enables me to continue to provide the emotional um, support we give to young people through our youth work and our family support. Um, so that is a really important element. Um, other things people can do um, to help out and support us at the minute is to please spread the word, help us raise awareness. If anybody needs help from people like us, reach out to us at scranacademy.com. People who really do have severe needs, who are struggling, can sign up for support with us. And that, that's that's very, very important. Um, 
we're not we're trying not to be a universal service. We want to be there for those who cannot attend to their core needs themselves. We don't want people who are high risk feeling that they have to go and be compromised in a supermarket. Now, if any of you have been to a supermarket in the last month, which most of us have, you've had your two meters breached. It's blooming annoying. And often it's staff doing that. We know that that is real risk factors. So where we can mitigate that for people who can't, you know, maybe have the skills or the ability or the access to cook. That's what we do. Um, for others, there's different support out there. But um, we are continuing to take on volunteers and they can get in touch through the website as well. But we've got such a response of volunteers. We're just trying to manage that appropriately and, and safely as well. But um just looking out for each other and being there for each other is sometimes the, the best thing we can all do. And I genuinely believe the community and, and charities, I know we're hearing a lot about social care and we're hearing a lot about the NHS workers, but please, Edinburgh, hear, hear the message that small charity key workers, volunteer key workers doing the kind of thing that Scran Academy is doing, I genuinely believe they're the fifth emergency service. They're keeping people safe we're keeping people out of hospital. We're enabling people to dignified, uh, in dignified ways stay at home. And that is saving lives. And, and that is a very precious thing to, to have that love fueling us as a, as a community. Don Loughton, off you go and uh, have a little bit of time for yourself. And thank you for speaking with us this afternoon. Thank you so much for listening to the Edinburgh Reporter podcast. Listen out for more episodes coming soon.